Thank you, Luke. And thank you, Lyra, for setting the scene for us so wonderfully. So thought we're thinking about beginnings. And this morning for Lyra is a wonderful beginning of being like officially part of the church family, although she's been for, for, for ages. But we thank you for that beginning. I was quite excited. Well, very, I've seen that video before, but seeing it again, it's really exciting about all the beginnings we've got coming up for us. Have you thought, if you see something like a book with a good beginning, you think, this is going to be a good book. So I thought we'd start by the light, light relief, a quiz. A quiz on books which have got famous, well-known beginnings. So I thought we'd split into lots of different teams. About teams of ten. You want to include people of all ages, because I've got adult books and children's books. If you want to write down your answers, there may be some buckets with some bits of paper on. We'll go through all the books, and then we'll come back to the answers afterwards. So no, no shouting out at this stage. Keep quiet within your teams. Look behind you, see if there's anybody who's being left out. Meet in groups with people you've come with, or in groups with people you've never seen before. James is wandering around with paper, and there's some buckets at the back with paper as well. So is there any, any team who thought they got, who got all 12 right? Well done, no prizes, but feel good about yourselves. Right, so that's all about beginnings. And as we said now, September is a time for new beginnings. Many of us will be having new beginnings in our lives. Some people might be starting school. When you've been starting at a new school, if you're starting at a school or a new school, put your hands up. Yes, I can see several hands up. We'll be praying for you in your new starts later on. And for us in BNA, there's lots of new starts. We've seen that. We've seen that video with all the exciting things happening. And one of the things which we've been doing at BNA over the next year is looking through the book of Genesis which starts, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we'll find, as we go through the book of Genesis, and actually, if you went through the whole of the book of the Bible, it's a story of beginnings, but also of new starts. If you like, there's this pattern throughout the Bible. God gives people a start. People turn their backs on God. God calls them back with a promise that people respond positively. But sadly, the cycle continues. People turn their backs on God. God promises a new start. People respond positively. And then things move on. But all in all this, there's God's continual promise. Can I have the next slide, James? And this is the promise which I want to focus on this morning. God said, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and to harm you. Sorry, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And since this is key to the message this morning, let's say it all together. Help us remember it. For I know... The plans I have for you, plans to prosper you 
and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that promise from God came from one of the times when the people had turned their backs on God. And God had responded by sending them away, we say, into exile as foreigners in a strange land. And they were shouting out, where is God in this strange place? Where is God? And one of the people who was in exile was a man called Nehemiah. He was faithful to God, but he was desperately sad about the situation of his people. Now, Jan's going to come and read something, the words of Jeremiah, who was a, a high-up official for the king of this strange land. So this is from the book of Nehemiah, and it's chapter 2, and it's the first six verses. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Thank you, Jan. So these people... God's people, God's chosen people, we call them the Jews, the Hebrew people, God's people of the Old Testament. They had in the past turned their backs on God. And God had sent them into exile as strangers in a foreign land. And he said, you'll be there for 70 years. But 70 years with a promise. A promise for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So there was this promise. But Nehemiah, who'd risen to being quite an important person in this strange land, this foreign land, he was desperately sad about the situation of his people. Seventy years. Just imagine 70 years. 70 years is looking back to the Second World War. Most of us here haven't seen 70 years. And even the oldest people in that Hebrew community have been looking back to their childhood, to when they've been in their homeland, and this promise, when would God bring us back to our, our land? But those who perhaps were a bit younger, they were still part of that promise. They'd heard from their parents and their grandparents, God is going to take us back. And here, in the book of Nehemiah, there's a map actually coming up next. 
in this book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is part of the group of people who the foreign king says, yes, you can go back to your promised land. You can worship your God. So they traveled from roughly where Baghdad is across Iraq to where now is modern Israel. A long journey, but a journey home, a journey with God answering his promise. I will give you a hope and a future. And so they went back with excitement to their land. They built the temple. They built the walls. They worshipped God. Everything was good. But they still turned their back on God. And then we fast forward to the New Testament. God's people, or the, the Hebrew people, are still turning their back on God. But God comes. God comes in the person of Jesus to give another new start, another fresh start. Jesus comes, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. That is God's promise. James, is there the, the next slide, the promise? Yeah, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And this cycle we've been hearing about is people turning their back on God Ultimately, the fresh start that God offers, not just the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, but all of us, is Jesus. And as we say, new life in Jesus, friendship with Jesus. God says, and it is true in Jesus, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So it's this pattern as we come to a new start of God's promise, our response, our obedience. Promise, obedience. We come to a part, a new start, and we all want to, we hear God's promise. We look forward to what's happening, whether it be new schools, new starts. We hear God's promise. But God calls us also to obedience, to a response. So at the beginning of September, a new season, new season for us as individuals, a new season for us as B&A, or whatever church you come from. I wanted to allow a time now for us to think. Are we holding on to the promises of God for this new season? Maybe we have a specific kind of promise that God is giving to us. Or maybe it's just... I hope that God will be with us in our new circumstances. But also, obedience, a response. We talk about New Year resolutions, but actually, September resolutions are also pretty cool as well. So I think Matthew's going to come and play in the background while we think about that. And there are various places and buckets, which may or may not have some post-its in it. There's some buckets there. If you want to respond, take a, a post-it. And if it's to do with God's promise, a promise of God, or looking forward to something, I'd say stick it to this post-it, but it probably won't stick to this pillar. <laughs> or if it's a response, an obedience to this pillar. If you want a visual aid, the pillars of our faith, the cross is the ultimate pillar, but our pillars which we can respond to is obedience and God's promise.
So help yourself to some post-its if you want to. And whenever you feel fit, just bring them up and put them around the promise poster. Or if there's more of a response, please.